welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Welcome to episode 112. Today's guest is Mary Roy from Capo Creek Winery. Hello, Mary. Welcome. Hello there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we, as usual, like to start our podcast. You know, we like to start our morning with wine because we're, you know, along the wine road. So what I uh, grabbed to bring out for Marcy and I this morning was uh, one of your 2018 Zinfandels. So I'm going to pour a little for Marcy, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have a little for myself. And then tell us, you know, what what should we know about this wine, Mary? Oh, geez, it's a beautiful wine. We um, we're very excited about it because it's it's right here. It's an estate grown varietal here in our vineyard, which is Eva's Vineyard, which is right across the street from our tasting room, is a field blend. It actually has a little bit of Alicante and mm. Carignan in it, mm. and the vines are 50 to 70 years old, so it's, it's kind of got that unique field blend. Mm-hmm. And then the wine itself is, you know, the notes that you typically get from a Zinfandel or cherry, and this certainly delivers on that front. But it's kind of exciting because it's uh, got some cherry pie kind of flavors mm-hmm. with Definitely. some of the barrel notes with nutmeg and some of the other baking spices A little spices bit of spice, yeah. Yeah. And then you get, like, some uh, red licorice and a little bit of herbal notes with some lavender. It's got a nice, nice uh, mouthfeel, very luxurious and nice finish in there with a little bit of caramel on the finish. So we're it's, it's a medium-bodied wine, so it goes with... So many things. The classic pairing is barbecue, and it's we do a Zinfandel barbecue sauce here at the winery, mm. uh, and it pairs great with that. But it's so nice; you can just do it with you know sandwich or pizza. It's a great everyday wine, so it's tasting beautiful right now. So you had said that the vineyard is right across from your tasting room. So tell everyone where exactly is your tasting room. So we are located in Dry Creek Valley on West Dry Creek Road, halfway between the two bridges. There's Lambert Bridge and Yoakum Bridge, and so it's kind of off the beaten path. We call it our hidden gem, mm-hmm. and uh, the tasting room is up a little bit on the hillside and overlooks the valley, and then we have three vineyards there. There's uh, the valley, Flat Valley is Eva's Vineyard, where we have our the Zinfandel field blend, but also our Rhone white varietals are down there. Oh, nice. So we have some really fun ones, like we have Grenache Blanc and... Um, Roussanne, a little bit of Petit Mansangs, Viennet, and Pickpole. I don't know, a lot of people haven't heard of that one before. It's P-I-C-P-O-U-L, but it gives a nice uh, crisp acidity to some of the wines. And then we have two hills of vineyards here, too, and um, one of those is Eric's Vineyard, which was um, named after Eric Clapton. The Valley Vineyard is Eva's Vineyard, which was named after Eva Cassidy. She was a songwriter who died from aggressive cancer at a very young age. But music's been very important to us all through our lives, just bringing us some comfort and solace. So that's kind of a little bit on that music theme there. So, you know, initially we were going to be E-string sellers because, you know, when you start a winery... You think of about 500 different really cool names, and then <laughs> you go to the Google search, and they're not there, and you think, yay, and you go to trademark them, and they're already taken. Yeah. So we sat back and said, really, what's this all about? And my husband and I are both physicians. We have six kids. We've just worked these incredibly crazy lives. And so we thought, well, really, and in in this project's going to be being around all these things we want to 
be around in our retirement. So nature and simpler way of life, sunshine, music. And so we picked uh, E string sellers because the E strings are the high and the low notes on a guitar. Mm -hmm. And since our life is full of highs and lows, we're going to try to strike that balance in the middle. (laughs) But we went ahead and had a trademark attorney uh, do the trademark on that. And then about a week later, I opened up one of my medical magazines, and there is E-string vaginal cream. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. oh no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm going to be a rich woman. Pfizer has to pay me for this trademark. And uh, so I called the attorney, and she's like, oh, no, honey, you're only trademarked for wine. And they actually had this in the process. Yeah. Um, soon after that, we were out here, and we found this beautiful <laughs> flowing creek that just only um, flows in the winter when it rains. Right. And it has about 22 little hidden waterfalls and I was just like, oh, let's call this Capo Creek, and then, you know what, we're like, that's perfect, Let's. that's the name of the wine. So each of our wine bottles, as you can see there with the bottle in front of you, is a half guitar with different sound holes, so they all have different pieces of our work. Yeah. And so now the Capo has just really become the symbol for us of all these things that we want to be around at this point in our life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, you do have busy lives. I mean, two physicians and six kids. You said six kids? Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> it's been crazy. And on top of all that, you chose to become a winemaker. That's extraordinary. <laughs> well, so what happened was I was going around my busy life very happy as a physician. And uh, we actually, uh, I had a big medical center, and it was an outpatient imaging center in the suburbs of Chicago in Naperville, Illinois. And um, we just, I enjoyed my job thoroughly, but what I knew about wine at that point was work all day, come home, cook dinner, do all the laundry, clean up dinner, and then go up into my home walk-in closet, which instead of full of beautiful shoes and clothes, was full of radiology monitors. Oh my Lord. And then I would read another 100 mammograms and a couple MRIs, and then I would need to unwind. So I would pour a big, furry, highly tannic, <laughs> high-alcohol Napa cab and try to relax a little bit. And then one day, a brochure came in the mail from UC Davis from their, um, it said, do you want to be a winemaker? Like, and I'm like, oh, how random is this? Yeah, that is but, like No, I don't really want to be a winemaker, but it would be fun to learn more about wine. And the way they're, the way they're, um, Courses, coursework is set up. It's a two-and-a-half-year program, and you can just do a semester at a time. So, And it's all online. And since I wasn't really going to become a winemaker, I wasn't really worried about the technical aspects right. of the winemaking. <laughs> and so I started doing that. And after, after I would do all my night reading and stuff like that, I would go ahead and, and do this coursework. And that taught me about, you know, Grenache. I discovered Grenache. Wow, what a fantastic wine and multiple other wines along the way. So just kind of tucked that into my knowledge base as something fun to do and and expanding my knowledge base. But then medicine started changing and all the hospitals started buying all the doctors. Mm -hmm. And the doctors would then be told that they would have to order all their imaging studies back from the hospital so they could make the revenue. So I figured, ah, the writing's on the wall here, and people were always asking to buy my center. So my sister and I, who owned the center together, uh, decided we were going to sell it to one of the hospitals, and I was going to stay on as medical director, and she'd stay on as admin. And after, you know, you get into that whole big red tape thing of hospital administration, and she lasted a couple months. 
Yeah, and I lasted a year or so, and then I was just like, I now I need to, well, what am I going to do now? And mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of person that likes idle time, so I thought, well, why don't we get a place out? I had driven down West Dry Creek Road once when I was at my San Francisco medical conference and asked for something off the beaten path and saw how beautiful Healdsburg was and thought, wouldn't this be a great place to retire someday? <laughs> and so we kind of found this little place. It was a fixer-upper, but it was perfect for us because we had a kind of a low budget. And, um, as you know, it's just been a work in progress ever since. So we bought it in fall of 13 and finally just opened um, late 2017, but then, or actually late 2018, and then, of course, 19 has been kind of crazy with the electric being off and all this kind of right. stuff, so ups and downs. So kind of on again, off again. But then last uh, fall, we really got opened and we're really kind of cruising. And then, of course, COVID hit. Right. So it's like one thing after another, but we're still fighting and we're still here. You know, I think... Um Customers that I've sent out to you have really always raved about all the different food aspects that you have to offer. So what, you know, who's behind that? Is that is the food and the wine pairing your kind of plan? Yeah. Or? So I, I am the winemaker, mm-hmm. and I also am the chef, and I'm also the cleaning lady and the HR, and <laughs> <Yeah>. the, <laughs> which is why, you know, everybody says, you know, what have you been doing during COVID? Because everybody's making sourdough bread and homemade pasta and everything. And I'm like, I am working busier than ever because oh, yeah. um, when COVID first hit, we, um, I went down to the farmer's market, Santa Rosa farmer's market, and we were making, getting up at two o'clock in the morning and making pastries and then selling wine and pastries and because everything had to be pre-wrapped at the right. farmer's market. You couldn't have anything open. But that was pretty hard, you know, dragging tables and tents and all that kind of stuff. And so I started doing the curbside food and wine pairings, which actually worked pretty good. And that got us, so that was pretty cool. But, you know, the, it was so hard because everything was changing week to week. You know, you get a new set of rules and then right. it's it was very okay, crazy and to begin it's with. not going to be okay. And now you got to serve food. And for us, a lot of the changes, we've always, we, we just... Um, focus on food and wine pairings. So everything right. we do here involves food because I just am from the belief that wine is to go with food and so we should enjoy them together. Mm-hmm. So we do, we do our, our flagship tasting is called the Ultimate Food and Wine Pairing. And then you get six courses. It takes two and a half to three hours to go through them all because we don't like to rush all that wine. And because it is and outdoor seating right now, you're still offering that. It is. Okay. It, and we, we're, we've always been outdoor. Okay. We have, right. we have the smallest tasting room inside that you would ever see, so we never actually use it unless it is so cold. Mm-hmm. But even when it's colder here in Sonoma, you know, with a couple heaters and the way we're sheltered, it just it's, it's beautiful even in the winter months. Mm-hmm. So we've always had just... Um, few tables separated out, more private pairings is what we specialize in. So besides the ultimate, which is the big one, then we also have a, a smaller one called the taste of the day for people that don't have quite that much time and just want to do a quick thing. And then we do picnics when it's a little bit cooler. It's been a little bit hot lately, so I'm not recommending that right so now. So the picnic would be what? Oh, they have, I have a little greenhouse on the property. So when it's in the winter months, we do it in the greenhouse. Otherwise, I have a little arbor right next to it with a with a picnic table, and so it all overlooks the vineyard there. 
and I prepare, prepare the picnic lunch for them, and they get to pick which wine, which bottle of wine they want to buy. Nice. So, and it's for six people max. That sounds so great. all the food's prepared here. We have a commercial kitchen, and we change our menu a lot so that it's different things, different times when you come. You never know, kind of know what we're cooking up that day. We ask people what their food aversions or allergies are and then work around that. And, you know, you were a physician, so you, have, you haven't been to culinary school, so this is all uh, a mom of six or... <laughs> well, that's right, cooking. mom of six, exactly. <laughs> that's what I said. Before the kids say I love you, they say what's for dinner. Yeah, right. <laughs> when we found this property, it already had the permit in there to do food wine pairings and weddings and small events and things like that. So I'm like, this is just perfect. That is perfect. Our events, yeah, they're only 80 people. So everything is just very small boutique. We do like winemaker dinners for people's birthdays and things like that. And that because we have a really cute little bohemian decorated cave. So no Swarovski crystals in our cave, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's they're very comfortable, and we actually did one cave concert so far, but right now the cave is closed because of COVID, so hopefully this will pass and we'll be able to get those going again. Everybody sounds so sad. Everybody we talked to, well, the caves are closed because of COVID. <laughs> we used yeah. to have fun, it's but now weird. there's COVID. It's weird times for sure, but that's why, you know, people are like, oh, this is really nice. You have your tables all separated, and like, I mean, and they've always been separated. Did we kind of believe in this whole intimate experience? Well, and it's um, the weather is great, you know, 90% of the time in Sonoma County, even in the winter, and, you know, unless it's raining, it's going to be nice. You wear a jacket. And then, particularly at your property, the views are spectacular. I mean, if you had the option to sit inside, wouldn't you rather sit outside? It's, it's exactly. beautiful. Yeah. Well, especially me, since because I did internal medicine and pediatrics first, and then I switched into radiology. The radiologist sit in a dark place. <laughs> yeah, so, you're like, I need, a, like, I need a garden. <laughs> um, even in the rain, it's nice because we have a little uh, corrugated metal roof. Yeah. And there, so you just hear the, the trickle of the rain on right. the roof. It's really, people love it when it's raining. That I said sometimes, lovely. like, the worse the weather is, the happier the people are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, Mary, so when people want to come out for this, tastings and the food pairings, what do they have to do? Are there a limited number a day? How do I go about booking something like that? They are limited, and we do not have set times. We Everything is custom. Calling me directly at the winery, or also there's an email on our website from Mary at capofreakranch.com where they can email me to set it up. And then I look at what the group is, which tasting they want to do, where we can fit them in, and and just kind of keep them all staggered so that we don't have a big crowd all at once. So that's what I, I, the message I keep trying to tell everyone, that I know that the, the rules are changing every day, but yes, tasting rooms are absolutely open for certain. They just need to be doing tasting outdoors. And absolutely every winery has to operate on reservation only because they don't hesitate to call even that morning. If there's a space available, there's a space available. So we don't want people to think, oh, that's... You know, it's so complicated, these reservations, but just call that morning. I mean, if you want to come that day, if they have space, they have space. So what are some of the flights or when you book the tastings, what what are the wines that you, do people pick the wine or do you just coordinate everything through the food 
That's right. We 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 decide all what the menu is going to be that day and what the wines are. And then sometimes if I have another wine open or something, they can taste something extra if they want. Like if they've never tasted a Viognier and they really want to, and we don't have Viognier at that time on the menu. But usually it's uh, it usually works out great because people are exposed to a lot of different wines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised even how many people don't know Zinfandel because you know that's better. <laughs> for a good while. But what we don't make is Pinot and Chardonnay. So we have a lot of Rhone varietals. We have reds and whites. We have a beautiful rosé that everybody loves. It's wildly popular. It's got like some strawberry watermelon notes and Mm -hmm. really nice. But then uh, for the reds, we have uh, two hillsides planted with Grenache. And then we do like a a Rhone red blend, kind of like a GSM. Sometimes with some some Cunois we have in ours right now. On our hill, we also have Cinso planted, which is going to be available this year for us. And then since I started on Cab, of course, I had to do some Cab. So <laughs> we do Cab Sauve, and most years we buy it from Moon Mountain, but we did two years where we bought it from Napa. So those are the only Napa grapes we've ever bought, um, and we do not grow Cab Sauve here. We also have um, some Cab Franc, which sells out right away. Mm -hmm. So we have a little bit of that planted now on the valley floor, too. You had mentioned earlier on something about some barbecue sauce that you make there. Do you have other food products that people can buy also? So right now, we we sell our honey from our beehives. Oh, nice. And we've been selling our house-cured olives. So we just ran out of honey, but I'm getting ready to do another honey harvest probably in about three weeks. So we'll have that coming again through the fall, hopefully. We also do... So, you know, when I was kind of getting ready for this whole thing, I went through and did some chocolatier studies. And so we do house-made chocolates, and some of them are hand-painted. So we have, like, this um, peanut butter and Zinfandel jelly chocolate that's hand-painted with all the little grapes on it. And we do honeybee chocolates and different kinds of things. So they make really nice gifts. And a lot of times we do that as part of the pairing. Um, we do a wine and chocolate pairing, too. Um, so just kind of try to do things to have a little bit more fun with it all and give people some different kinds of experiences. And there's when COVID, Before COVID hit, we were doing a, I was doing cooking classes, too. But Mary, those are all, you are like the Renaissance right woman. <laughs> I know. I mean, I've never talked to anyone who has so many interests, but to a deep level, and then pursues them all, and then it has, brings them to fruition. It's amazing. You make chocolate, you make wine. Well, you cook. so far, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. You know, it's like the good Lord keeps trying to put those obstacles in a way, but I think, you know, we, we enjoy it. It's a labor of love, and we have, we have a beautiful kitchen garden, so we bring, you know, that's why that kind of inspires the menu, too. So if tomatoes are coming in, we do a beautiful tomato tart. We had some fennel that was coming up, so I've been doing uh, roasted fennel with Parmesan with some of the white wines with the Grenache Blanc. Yeah. And yesterday, we've been doing, right now, plums have been really nice. Oh, yeah. And so we've been doing a plum borscht, which sounds really weird, but it is amazing. So borscht is typically beets. Right. But we do this with plums, puree plums, and then it's got um, a little bit of cassis and brown sugar in there. And then I serve it with a um, a basil crema, and so that basil on t- with that plum is just really really nice. And what? It's, it's oh my so god! I think we need to come and do a taste test. What wine do you <laughs> pair? I, do. I think so. You that do. That sounds amazing. What wine do you pair with that plum borscht? That sounds incredible. So sometimes 
well, I've been pairing it lately with our uh, GSM, uh-huh. and it's just been going really nice. That basil is bringing out all those herbal notes in the GSM. So let's see. We also, usually besides our wine that we started with and are continuing with, <laughs> we usually also have a little book of the day. Do you have a book, Marcy? There's so many entry-level books these days, but this one's kind of cute. You know, it's very much for geared toward beginner. It's called How to Drink Wine, so you know what it's about right there. there. That's clear. And the subtitle is The Easiest Way to Learn What You Like. And this is by Grant Reynolds and Chris Stang. So they got together, and it's a very humorous approach to wine really for beginners but also like basic stuff like words terminology they break it down like 29 wines you need to know instead of trying to take all the things you need to know about wine just make it simple Mm -hmm. how to make people comfortable ordering wine engines some pairing so it's it's very general but it's super cute the graphics are really great that is and um they do a good job great but it's very much like your two friends, these two guys, sit down and talk to you. It's very conversational in tone, super approachable, because it doesn't hurt to know more and helps you have a better wine experience. And they also talk a few places like origin stories. They break it down into like several sections. You know, great for someone who just wants to know more, and it's non-intimidating. That looks, well, I can tell from the cover, that one looks more like what I would want to read. Yeah, it's cute. How to drink wine. I right. Mean, doesn't get any right. easier than that. <laughs> I think I think our next, somewhere along the line, we're going to have a book that we'll talk about that Mary will have written. I think, Mary, you, you have done enough things at this point. <laughs> I am actually working on my quick, my uh, cookbook. Oh so my gosh, that's great. Awesome. That hopefully we'll have that in the next couple of months. So our, our kitchen is called the Mog Foss Kitchen, M-O-G, which is material other than grapes. Oh, And so that's kind of the culinary side of what we're doing Uh here. Um, Because, of course, we've got all the winery stuff, but then you have all the food stuff, too. And so um, we have aprons that say Mogboss Kitchen and our different different aspects of things. How cute. But the other thing that we're doing right now, which your listeners might want to be be interested in, is um, we're doing the virtual culinary tasting. Oh, good. Yes. I want to talk about that. You know, because people are afraid to travel right now, Mm -hmm. and... it's, so it's a virtual wine pairing where where they get the samples in the mail and can set up a Zoom with me as an option if they want to or not. When they get the box, when they when they do the order, we email them some information, and it includes two links for recipes. And then in the box, besides just the samples of wine, they also get some little food things in there and little surprises. And so... When it arrives to them, there's enough stuff in there for two people, but then it's interactive, and so they will put together some of these pairings and set up before the Zoom. So it's a little more fun than your typical wine pairing. You know, it's not just you're going to open up and take these samples. People are really liking that a lot. Sometimes they just have crazy schedules and they don't do the Zoom, but most of the time people will Zoom with us. And so we bring a little bit of Sonoma out to other people as well. I love and you that. could do it like a friend in one house and another friend oh, in yeah. another house. Oh, yeah, that is so cool. And then they Zoom together online. And then they've got two new appetizers that they learned how to cook in their little, you know, bag of goodies there that they know how to do next time they're entertaining. That's awesome. I mean, that just brings it all together. Well, yeah. and it brings you to life. I mean, they if they can't be here, they still want that connection. And um, right. and 
you're, you're you are making it happen. Holy cow! So I think they you would be inspiring for them because if you're feeling like oh I already do too much, it's like really have you met Mary Roy? <laughs> Step up yeah, your game. Yeah. So I think you see. I don't think there's really anything that we've missed. Uh, people should get on the phone or go online. Uh, they can uh, email Mary at capocreekranch.com if you're you know, right. in town and you think you want to come by and maybe do a tasting or um, go on to their website and just check out, you know, the virtual tasting schedules and whatever else is happening. Sounds good. Sounds we'll, great. We'll put a link in the show notes to the Capo Creek website to this beautiful Zinfandel and to how to contact Mary. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It was great. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.